Welcome to the Reclamation Society podcast. I'm your host, Jay Shear, Executive Director and Chief Storyteller for the Reclamation Society. Today we're kicking off a brand new series, Luke Cage, on Netflix. And as always, we're going to ask what the story and the storytellers is telling us is true about spirituality, human nature, and relationships. Um, I'm not super familiar with the comics character for Luke Cage, so um, if you are more familiar, please let us know about that. Let us know what we're missing as we analyze this series. It's just me today. I don't have a co-host to bounce questions off, which means that you should give me your opinion. So shoot us an email at reclamationsociety at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, and as I record uh, more podcasts on this Netflix series, this is just about episode one, so as I record more podcasts. I'd love to read your feedback on the podcast. So reclamationsociety at gmail.com and I'll, and I'll engage with you there. If you want to follow along with me throughout this entire series, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Podbean. We'll also be jumping around. We're doing a Stranger Things series and we'll have some comic book um, and sci-fi movies thrown in as well. I do want to give you a warning. This podcast will contain spoilers, and Luke Cage just came out. Um, so just be careful. We will be talking in more depth, and I want to say that up front. So if you haven't seen the show yet, please watch it before continuing on, unless you just don't care about spoilers, and then listen in. So I'd like to start out with my opinion about the show, about episode one of Luke Cage. Um, I would give it a solid eight. Uh, it's in the seven, eight range, I think. Um, I like the world building. Uh, I like the setting. Um, love the visual tone of the show. Thought it had a really great soundtrack and integrated that soundtrack really well. But it doesn't give us a lot of depth to start out with. It actually doesn't spend a ton of time on Luke Cage. It actually spends some time kind of building up some of the villains. So hopefully they'll get deeper and more interesting as the show goes on. Uh, which brings us to the first question we always ask, which is what is this uh, piece of art telling us is true about spirituality. And honestly, it hasn't really said much about spirituality yet at all. Uh, there is, or seems to be some indication that, um, Luke Cage does have a moral code that we don't get a whole lot here. So there's some things that I just kind of picked out. We see that he's hesitant to get involved, um, especially in conflict, but he does stand up for himself. He's not afraid to stand up for himself. Um, he doesn't seem to have any sort of fear except for engaging in the world in general, almost as if if he engages in the world, um, something negative will happen to him. He works really hard. He has a hard work ethic. He works two jobs. Um, he is getting paid under the table, uh, which means they're not paying taxes on his wages. So that is either he's, he's accepting of that. He does start a sexual relationship with a woman he meets in the club, um, and he also turns down an offer to become muscle for Cornell Stokes. So he's, he's already working himself out to be a complex character, which is fantastic. Um, we always love complex characters because they tend to reveal more about truth, so we'll see how this progresses. Obviously, morality and spirituality are not synonymous, not in my worldview, though the moral code is often based on a person's spiritual worldview. So we'll see how that progresses and we'll see if they add any more spiritual elements to the show, but that's all I picked out from this one. So if you see anything else, let, let me know and leave a comment. Um, so that brings us to human nature. So what is the show telling us is true about human nature? And I think the first place to go with this, and this is true of a lot of superhero um, 
shows, movies, uh, is that there's this villains versus heroes, um, sort of reluctant heroes, sometimes even reluctant villains. Um, Cage definitely doesn't want to risk his life at first. Uh, and, he, and obviously this is an almost invincible type of guy, but he doesn't seem to be concerned about his own self-protection. He seems very confident in his ability to take care of himself. But there's an indication told with a couple of flashbacks into his backstory that these superhero powers could get him into trouble because they may have gotten him into trouble in the past. And so he seems to want to kind of retreat from society um, in a way and just kind of try and get by. At the end of the episode, he turns that around and he actually protects his landlords from the guys who are trying to collect money. So that's kind of an interesting twist. We start, sort of see him um, become a little less self-focused and he, he doesn't retreat from the world in such a way. He actually kind of engages and protects the landlords, which is cool. It's a kind of a selfless thing to do. And so a lot of times what you'll see in superhero movies is that the villains are inherently selfish while the heroes are selfless, they give up of themselves, they sacrifice something of themselves. So in the beginning of the show, throughout his character arc in episode one, he seems to want to retreat and not put himself out there as a hero. But then as the show ends, he's taking the first step along that journey and he sort of inserted himself into sort of a uh, selfless act that could possibly um, very well likely get him in trouble later on down the series. That's all I put in the human nature category. Um, so if you see anything else that you would say is something we should add to the human nature category, shoot me an email and we'll discuss it. Um, which brings us to the third topic. And this is where I thought most of the show spends its time. And there's multiple factors here. But what does the show tell us is true about relationships? And whether it's relationships between um, community members, relationships between um, government systems and the people that... Um, uh, are subject to those systems. And so I thought I'd start with um, community centers. And I say that because the show actually starts out in a barbershop. And I think we've kind of lost this classic barbershop sort of um, reality where relationships were built in barbershops. Um, and I think that that was true in multiple types of communities. That used to be the case. I don't know if it's the case as much anymore. I think that's a bummer because that's a place where relationships would form. It was a space that existed that people knew your name and they came back. And I think we've lost, especially in our cities, we've lost some of that because we've been looking for less expensive ways of getting haircuts and just doing things faster because we don't have as much time. And I think that that's um, damaging to community, but I like to see that as a, uh, a part of this show where that community can develop in that kind of situation, which is cool. Um, I do want to talk, and this is these things are going to get a little bit deeper because we're going to talk about stereotyping um, or reality. And the reason I bring it up is that in this first episode, we get a feel for the city in a way that I feel like somewhat parallels The Wire. And if you haven't seen The Wire, it's an HBO show about the city of Baltimore. And it's written um, it's written really well. It's considered one of the best TV shows of all time. And it feels like almost like it's a documentary. And, I, and Luke Cage seems to be taking on the same sort of tone regarding the city and the characters within the setting. Um, it's telling us that if some of the following things are true. One, that there's an inherent temptation to participate in illegal activities in order to gain financial stability or at least financial means. 
And that, that inherent relationship, that temptation to participate in these Ill- illegal activities is present because it is difficult for those people to gain financial means in other ways. It's also telling us that there is a relationship between politicians and criminals, which is very similar to The Wire, though that that relationship is a tenuous one. So we see Mariah Stokes, um, the councilwoman clearly has a disdain for working with her cousin Cornell, but there's obviously this symbiotic relationship between the two and obviously their family as well. So that adds another complex layer to it. Uh, The barbershop functions as a place of respite from the world, from the outside world, and Pop has this desire to see kids that come through the barbershop succeed in life and avoid the troubles that can be found in their neighborhoods. So we see a lot of parallels between that and The Wire. I think The Wire kind of um, takes a pretty in-depth look at those types of systems and how those systems affect the communities. The only concern I have with where Luke Cage is going is that The Wire felt real. It felt like it was trying to tell a story inside a world that if you live outside that world, which I do, I don't live anywhere near Baltimore, I live in the suburbs of Southern California, you might not fully understand the world that they are focusing on. But as The Wire told us more about that world in Baltimore, you started to be, as a viewer, you started to be able to see it and understand it with more clarity. I felt empathy and compassion, and I feel like I learned about the struggles that the characters were facing. And it was intended to be real. It was intended that the characters that were being portrayed were very true to life and that we were supposed to feel empathy for them. And they were very robust characters. They were very well-rounded. Um, they had very difficult moral choices that they needed to make and they struggled with those choices. Um, so it was, it was, it was good. It was this really in-depth view of a community. And so my concern comes in when we take that world and apply comic book characters to it. I think it can be done well and I'm hoping that it's done well. Um, but I don't, I hope that it does those characters justice. And the one thing that I think Luke Cage has going for it is that the creator of Netflix, the Netflix series, uh, is an African American. So if, um, so he, I hope that he has a good understanding of the world that he's building. Um, I don't have as much of one. So if you ask me to write for Luke Cage, I'm probably not going to do it justice because I'm going to make it, um, not feel true. And so I'm, I'm hoping that that adds a layer of, a deeper layer onto this that um, really helps with what I'm talking about. I definitely don't want caricatures and I don't want stereotypes. The Wire didn't give us that. The Wire gave us a fully functioning system where every single character, um, just about every single character, had benefits and drawbacks. They had things about them that they made good choices, things about them where they made bad choices, and that's that's real. The reality is that not any one human being on the face of this earth is 100% um, hero or 100% villain. Um, obviously, we build up choices over time, and I, I believe that every every character has, every character meaning every human being, has elements that can be good. Now, obviously, we've seen characters that feel like they're inherently bad um, in many ways, but the question you'd have to ask yourself is, could those, even those bad characters be redeemed? And I, and I even know people in my own life who have gone so far down a path of, uh, a negative path, so gone so far down a negative path that it's hard to see the, how, how, how they can be redeemed in that. But at the same time, I have to believe that redemption can't happen for 
um, everyone. So I just hope that they don't give us uh, caricatures and stereotypes. The Wire did not do that. The Wire gave us a very realistic portrayal of all the characters that they dealt with in that story. And I think that kind of dives in, that kind of um, brings us to a situation where we're looking at choice versus situation and some level of systemic racism. And the reason why I bring that up is because in every good story, the characters have some level of free will. They're able to choose their own destiny. But they're also plugged into a situation or a setting that's out of their control. And I think the show is hinting at this and it's starting to cover it fairly well. We get a tiny bit of backstory from Luke Cage. He's definitely been impacted by his situation. Um, it even appears that some of his choices have been taken away from him in the past, even if he um, didn't do anything to deserve what he got. And that opens up this bigger picture of what's going on with the community. So I think that there are rules that govern every setting. And there's definitely rules that govern the setting that we find Luke Cage um, and that world in. The question, especially as it pertains to something like systemic racism and choice versus setting or choice versus situation, are always about how the rules are applied. Are the rules applied in this world, set, are they set up in such a way that minorities, whatever kind of minority the world espouses or says is there, are they set up in such a way that the minorities will find it harder to win or be successful because the rules inherently make it more difficult for that to happen? Are the rules fair for everyone who's subject to them? Is everyone equal? Um, I think we're starting to see the series develop that set of rules and sort of explore that set of rules as well. It's hard to tell right now um, exactly how that's all going to shape out, but I think it's starting to build a complex framework. I hope that it does the topic justice rather than introducing it and sort of glossing over it. I would really hate to see that happen. I think they owe it to the audience to really dive into this and explore it from multiple angles, particularly because it's such a relevant topic to our culture today. And I think that our culture needs a better understanding of it. Um, so I myself, for example, I did not have any context into the city of Baltimore before watching The Wire. Um, obviously it is fictional, but it is based off of reality and I had much more empathy and compassion having, um, been a part watching that series than I have now. So what I don't want to happen is that we sort of push Luke Cage, um, and his world to the side because it becomes so comic booky that we don't believe that there are actually real problems happening in real situations very similar. So I hope that it reveals truth about the world as opposed to just putting everything in the setting so that they can tell some other story that isn't as relevant to our culture today. Um, I don't want a two-dimensional backdrop. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fair to our culture. I don't think it's fair to the characters. Um, so I'm really hoping that they don't do that. I hope, I hope that they flesh out everything involved in this series. Um, and I don't think it will add anything new to our current cultural discussion if it isn't nuanced. Um, we can't see characters who are two-dimensional or secondary and they only operate in certain ways because that's the way they're supposed to act. Um, 
like the wire didn't give us that. The wire gave us characters that were complex and were trying to do things, but the right way, but were limited by their choices and limited by the system. And the system that they were in left them with bad choices. And I think if we see that, and we see that nuanced, we see, we understand even in our own lives that we face some of the same things. And that gives us empathy and compassion for characters and reveals truth that I think is a really is really good for society and allows more people to be um, understanding of what's going on. So I just hope Luke Cage can overcome um, two dimensional characters. I don't. I wouldn't describe any of them as two dimensional right now. We're only in episode one, so I'm not critiquing it from that standpoint. I'm just saying as we delve into this world a little more, I hope that it's. Um, I hope we dive in and really get to get our hands dirty in terms of figuring out how these characters operate and they all have good and bad and that's a war within them and within the community as a whole because I think that's closer to truth. Well, that's it for this episode. Hopefully all of that made sense as I unpacked it. I have a lot more questions than I have answers because I've only seen the first episode, but as I watch more of the episodes, I'll definitely be sure to uh, podcast about them. I'd love to have other people on the podcast with me. So if you'd like to be on the podcast, shoot me an email at reclamationsociety at gmail.com. If you've ever lived or experienced, lived in or experienced a community like the one that they're starting to develop, um, if you've ever felt like any of the characters that they're starting to develop, um, please let me know because I would love to discuss it with you from a different perspective. Um, would love to have you included in the conversation. That'd be fantastic. Um, so send your comments, like I said, to reclamationsociety at gmail.com, or you can head over to our blog, www.reclamationsociety.org. Leave us a comment there and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can do so on iTunes or on Podbean. And finally, thank you for joining us and taking a deeper look at Luke Cage, the Netflix series. And remember, always question stories and try to look deeper for the truth embedded in them. Until next time, we'll see you later.